Every Friday, tens of thousands of Algerians pour onto the streets of their hometowns to protest. They protest against the government, which they see as corrupt. They protest for their future, which they see as in peril. They protest a political system, which they say doesn't represent them. The scale and size of the protests vary from week to week, but without fail, they happen. I'm your host, Willie Lowry, and on this week's edition of Beyond the Headlines, we look at Algeria's year of change and where the country is headed. On February 22, 2019, hundreds of thousands of Algerians descended on the capital, Algiers. They came from cities across the country, united by their opposition of then-President Abdulaziz Bouteflika's decision to run for a fifth term. The aging Bouteflika had already been in power for two decades and became a divisive figure in the country. In 2013, he suffered a stroke that left him in a wheelchair. His speech impaired, he virtually disappeared from public view, and yet he kept running for the presidency and getting elected. To understand how he was able to do that and why it caused so much outrage on the streets, we need to go back to the 1990s. Throughout that decade, Algeria was consumed by a violent civil war that pitted government forces against various Islamic rebel groups. As many as 200,000 people were killed during the war. And it remains very present in the country's collective memory. In 1999, Bouteflika won the presidency with 74% of the vote. He essentially ran unopposed as all other candidates withdrew their candidacy before the vote and expressed concern over election fraud. This would be a theme throughout Bouteflika's tenure. The veteran of Algeria's War of Independence was able to bring an end to the civil war in 2002, and he presided over periods of economic growth, but many complained it didn't filter down to everyday people. This is not the first period of protests in Algeria. In 2010, mass demonstrations broke out against the price of goods, lack of jobs, and corruption. But Bouteflika was able to ease the anger with a plan for job growth, an increase in pay for public servants, and a freeze on taxes. He also agreed to discuss the constitution at a national dialogue. But four years later, a crash in global oil prices, the export that makes up 60% of Algeria's government revenue, blew a hole in the country's finances. The cost of the social subsidies rose to nearly a quarter of all government spending, and the deficit rose as well. Twice, Bouteflika had Algeria's constitution amended to allow him to run for a third and fourth term as president. But when he tried to amend it for a third time, it was the catalyst for these protests. Bouteflika was 82, completely shut off from Algerians, and yet wanted to run for another term. There were allegations that his brother Saeed was actually running the country. And the people of Algeria simply said, enough. Mustafa Bouchachi is a veteran activist and politician. When the people start protesting on the 22 of February, we, uh, we went against the fifth mandate for the sick president who didn't talk to the Algerians for the last six years or seven years. 
And then at the same time, we thought the Algerians who had been marginalized from, you know, political life since the independence. We went through this revolution, this peaceful revolution, to go to real democracy. Six days after Bouteflika announced his candidacy, two decades of frustrations boiled to the surface. The movement slowly built, all the while calling for Bouteflika to resign. And on April 2nd, under pressure from the military, he did. It was a move that was met with cheers, but the leaderless movement was just getting started. With Bouteflika out of power, the job of interim president fell to the Speaker of the Upper House of Parliament, Abdel Qader Ben Salah. But few believed he was really calling the shots in a country where the most powerful man was now military chief, Gaid Salah. While the people on the streets wanted a period of reform before a free and fair election could be held, they also called for the removal of Le Pouvoir, the name given to the country's ruling elite. In a concession to those demands, the interim government arrested or investigated dozens of the country's richest men, senior government officials and intelligence heads. Bouteflika's own brother Said was among those detained. While it was welcomed by some, many assumed it was a cosmetic move as figures such as Salah still remained. But with the military's backing, interim president Ben Salah pushed ahead with the elections held amid mass rallies in December 2019. I think it's completely illegitimate. It, it's, the results, they are illegitimate. The law you know, number of people who participate, the way they organize the elections. When you organize elections to go to democracy and you forbid to any uh, television, you know, to invite me to speak about this election, when you forbidden to anybody who doesn't have the same point of view with the pouvoir to talk about that, you know, so... It's, it's a shame. It's a shame for our country because we thought this beautiful revolution, this peaceful revolution, this revolution of smile, will lead us to uh, democracy. So in the end, you know, uh, Le Pouvoir refuses, you know, to let people govern themselves the way they wanted. It's for that I'm really sad. Abdul Majid Taboon was elected president with 58% of the votes, but well over half the population didn't even take part. The Nationals' Liz Cookman was in Algiers for the election. It was surprisingly calm, considering it was an election amid months of protests, amid uh, the ousting of a president that was in power for 20 years. The streets were very sort of normal, actually. Like, um, there were protests going on, but they were very calm, they were very civil, they were very family-friendly. There was no nastiness from what I saw at all. That sense of calm has been a defining feature of these protests. The movement, or Hirak, has been dubbed the Revolution of Smiles. Yeah, completely unlike a lot of other protest movements uh, that have gone on elsewhere, I think they have been very influenced by their past, they had a civil war that was sparked off by 
a protest movement. And so they that's very much in the forefront of people's minds. So they're insistent on being very calm at all times. And a big part of that is that they always protest on a Friday and they always end at around 6 p.m. before it gets dark because they feel that uh, once it gets dark, that's when bad things start happening. That's when people go awry. While the protesters continue to demonstrate weekly, thousands have been arrested. Samir bin al-Arabi is a longtime activist. He was arrested in September for allegedly weakening the morale of the army. The situation now is worse than before the new president was elected. Freedom is under pressure. People are being suppressed and arrested. There's no independence in justice. This shows that things are not going well. A week after my release, the Algerian intelligence arrested me again. I was then released while tens of other young people were arrested. I fear I would be arrested again, but I'm sure that my arrest will not affect the popular movement's progress. Because the Algerian people today do not believe in the sanctity of people, but in the sanctity of a thought, which is the independence of Algeria. If tens, hundreds and thousands of Algerians get arrested, the movement will keep going. The government has been cracking down on activists like Al-Arabi. Saeed Sali is the vice president for the Algerian League for the Defense of Human Rights. In December, we recorded a thousand cases of people brought in for questioning and nearly 200 cases of people detained for their political opinion, prisoners of conscience. Since the elections on December 12, that number drastically increased to the point where we recorded between 2,000 and 2,500 cases of people brought in for questioning. It's true that the majority have been released since. There still remains, well, we don't have the numbers established as the arrests and detentions still continue, but we can say around 70 people still remain in prison, but also many who remain in conditional detention, waiting for their trials and legal procedures. It is true that arrests have decreased, but they continue. Every Friday, every Tuesday, there are people detained in legal proceedings. Until now, people are being charged for expressing their opinion, for marching peacefully. So for us, the situation hasn't really progressed. But these arrests have done little to deter protesters. I have spent nearly 140 days in prison. Other detainees were in prison for six months. I think that the regime was stupid because it gave a chance for detainees to form themselves inside the prison and to rejuvenate their fight against the regime from inside the prison. The regime has detained people from all movements, 
who had different ideologies. All of them have bonded as a family in prison and united in favor of a national cause to build a new Algeria. All the detainees who were released are on the streets again. Taboon has made overtures to the protesters. He has promised to revise the country's constitution and to establish a new Algeria. He has also pledged to hold legislative elections by the end of 2020. But to protesters, he's just a continuation of Bouteflika, a member of Le Pouvoir. And he's also come under scrutiny for his son Khaled, who has been in police detention since 2018. Khaled is accused of being involved in the smuggling of 701 kilograms of cocaine that was discovered in the port of Oran. On top of that, Khaled has been accused of using his father's position as a cabinet minister and then prime minister to advance his own business interests. It's a look that does not sit well with protesters. Algerians are fed up. They want a complete overhaul of the political system. For longtime activist Mustafa Bouchachi, this movement has been something to behold. The people who did this good, beautiful revolution is those young people. It's my son, it's him, it's his, his daughter. It's those people who are in the university, young people who doesn't have a job, who think without democracy, their future is going to be very complicated. While it's very unclear how things will unfold, Buchachi remains optimistic. I will die peacefully if Algeria would arrive to eliminate this dictatorship. I'm sure the Algerians, they are wise enough to choose the right people to run the country. You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Willie Lowry. We were produced this week by Liz Cookman, Aisha Khan, Arthur Edison, and James Haynes Young. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And we'd really appreciate it if you leave a review to let us know what you think.